every student of Christianity needs to become a teacher. Why? Pastor Jeff Shreve explains today on From His Heart. Christianity is really only one generation from extinction. Because if the one generation doesn't pass to the younger generation and the baton drops, then the truth is lost and Christianity falls apart and the move of God fails. Now, we know that's not going to happen, but listen, it's not going to happen globally because God always has a remnant, but it can happen individually. Are you handing the baton off to the next generation? He can heal every scar. This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, with a powerful analogy that defines our purpose as students, as disciples of Jesus. We need to become teachers to this next generation. How are you doing in that department? You're listening to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve on this Tuesday broadcast as he continues to teach about the steps of growth that all Christians should be taking in a series called The Next Step. You can find out more about this series when you go online to fromhisheart.org. But right now, open your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 2, as Pastor Jeff explores whether or not you're ready to take the next step, from student to teacher. Step number one, we start our Christian lives as spiritual infants. You start your Christian life receiving the baton of faith. Somebody shares with you, somebody tells you about Jesus, somebody talks to you about the fact that, hey, you're in trouble. They share, we talk about the gospel being the good news because that's what that Greek word means. Eongelion means the good news, good story. And it is good news, but it's good news for people who first believe the bad news. And the bad news is, I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself. And apart from Jesus Christ, I'm gonna die and go to hell. That's the bad news. That's the the truth of where you are, where everyone is before they get the baton of faith. So once I know the bad news, I'm in trouble, serious trouble, but then I hear about a Savior who will save me if I'll come to him in repentance and faith, and I do that, that's when I receive the baton of faith. Now, typically, that message is being shared. It can be shared by a preacher. It can be shared by a mom or a dad. It can be shared by a brother or a sister. It can be shared by a coach. It can be shared by a student pastor. It's, it's somebody in your life that's telling you about Jesus, and they're the ones that are passing along the faith. And when that happens, when you take the baton of faith, when you give your life to Christ, You are born again. You're born into God's family, and you're born just like you're born into any family. You're born as a spiritual infant. And so that's how we all start out. And the Bible says when you receive Christ that you and I were delivered from spiritual death into spiritual life. We go from death to life. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, speaking of Jesus, says, for he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus said this in John chapter five, verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. 
Out of death, the domain of darkness, into life, the kingdom of God's beloved Son. That happens the moment that you receive the baton of faith. That happens the moment that you repent and believe and give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. So spiritual infancy, that's how every person starts out in the Christian life. And just like any baby that comes into this world, what does that baby need? That baby needs to learn and grow. And you and I, as spiritual infants, we need to learn and grow. The Bible commands us to do that. Uh, As newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow with respect to salvation. Now, here's the thing about being a baby. When you are a baby, it's okay to be a baby. When you come into this world, nobody expects much from you. I mean, you're, you're going to be, you know, the, those first six months of babyhood, you're not doing a lot. I remember when, when my sister, uh, a few years older than I, when she had uh, the first child in the family, and uh, she would tell my mom, she said, hey, Jeremy found his hands. It's like, found his hands? What, that, what does that mean? How did he find your hands? I didn't know what that was. It's like, well, the baby didn't know he had hands. All of a sudden, he finds his hands. It's like, well, I found them day one. You know, I mean, nobody's bragging on me for that. But, you know, babies are learning things. And, and so those first six months, they don't do a whole lot. They, they are, are totally dependent on mom and dad to take care of them. But w- that's okay. We don't mind uh, feeding them. We don't mind cleaning them. We don't mind uh, helping them with everything under the sun because we know they're a baby. We look at a little baby like that. We say, so wonderful uh, that he's a baby. It's okay to be a baby when you're a baby. It's not okay to stay a baby. Everybody starts out, you get the baton of faith, but then you just don't stand there and say, I got the baton of faith. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, you're not going to be on the relay team if that's what you're going to do. You get the baton so that you can run, so that you can grow. So we start out as spiritual infants. And then second step we got to grow. we got to run the race. And we need to find a mentor who can help us grow. Now, with Timothy, he had Paul. Paul met Timothy in Acts chapter 16, and Paul won his grandmother, Lois, to the Lord. He won Timothy's mother, Eunice, to the Lord. And he won Timothy, young Timothy, to the Lord. And Timothy became his true child in the faith. And Paul took Timothy with him, with Silas, and they began on their missionary journeys. Here's this young believer, and Paul is teaching him, and Paul is discipling him, and Paul is growing him. Paul put the baton of faith in his hand, and Paul is showing him how to run the Christian life. Now, Paul is tough. He is seasoned. He is strong in the Lord. Timothy is not wired like Paul which is encouraging because not everybody is wired like Paul. I'm not wired like Paul. And so sometimes you can have guys that are, you know, they're built just, just from the Lord, uh, like General Patton, just tough as nails. And, uh, man, they're, they're able to just uh, see what needs to be done and, and go through that brick wall. And Paul is like that. He's just a thick-skinned and a tender heart. Timothy is not like that. Timothy is easily discouraged. Timothy uh, deals with a lot of fear. That's why Paul says to him, hey, Timothy, fan up the flame that was given to you. Uh, Don't let your spiritual gift kind of uh, wane and dissipate and and, uh, go away because of disuse. You need to fan it up. You need to do the things that uh, God has called you to do. I left you in Ephesus, which was a really key, important city, a key, important church, but he faced a lot of opposition there in Ephesus. 
And so when, you, when any pastor faces a lot of opposition, the tendency is to kind of back off. And so Timothy's kind of backing off, and uh, the Lord, Paul tells him, hey, don't let anybody look down at you because of your youthfulness. I mean, he, he's a lot younger than Paul is. He said, you be tough, you stand firm. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, of fear, but of power and love and discipline. He said, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of me, your, your mentor, because I'm in prison. Fight the good fight of faith. And he tells him, be strong. You need to be strong so that you, you have the baton, keep running the race. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Hey, all of us, when we're handed the baton of faith, then we need somebody to teach us how do I do the Christian life? How do I run the race? How do I run in such a way to win? And we need a mentor to help us with that. Now, Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul wrote Timothy two letters called the pastoral epistles. And he calls him his true child in the faith because he wasn't his biological child, but Paul had led him to faith in Christ. Paul was the one that put the baton of faith in his hand. So he was Paul's son in the faith. And he said, listen, verse 1, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You need to be strong, Timothy, in this situation. In the difficulties you're facing in Ephesus, you need to be strong. Now that verse in the Greek where it says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, it literally says, keep on being strong. Keep on being empowered. Keep on being in touch with the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. It's not that you have to muster up the strength, because you don't have the strength, I don't have the strength. Paul didn't have the strength, Timothy didn't have the strength. The strength is found in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so when we learn how to walk with God, and Paul told Timothy how to walk with God, we have to have a mentor who can teach us how to be strong in the Lord's grace. Because if you boil down the Christian life, that's what it is. It's a walk with God where you're relying on his grace and relying on his power to live the Christian life because you don't have the strength to run the race. I don't have the strength to run the race. All the strength, all the power comes from God. It comes from the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you've probably heard the definition of grace. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Grace is something you can't earn and you don't deserve, but God gives it to you anyway by his graciousness, by his goodness, by his kindness to you and me. The Old Testament word that corresponds to the New Testament word grace is loving kindness. God's love and kindness together in action. That is grace in the New Testament. And that is found in the Lord Jesus. When he came into this world, the Bible says uh, he was full of grace and truth. And if we receive Christ, it says, of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. The Christian life is a life of grace. That gives us the desire and gives us the power to live the Christian life. So I don't know how to run the race, so to speak, if I don't know how to tap into the grace and the power and my relationship with Jesus. And here's the tendency that we all have, and they had it in the book of Galatians, is you start out with faith 
For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. You start out with faith in God's grace, and you're starting out well, but then you start shifting into, I got to grip my teeth and try harder. I got to do this on my own. And you're not tapping into the grace which is in Christ Jesus. You're not being empowered by his grace. You're trying to do it on your own strength. Paul said to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 3, he said, this one thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Obviously, it wasn't by the works of the law. It was by hearing with faith. He said, are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Well, that's foolish. Why You, it, you began uh, by grace through faith. How do you continue in the Christian life? Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, six, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. I receive him by grace through faith. I walk in him by grace through faith. That's the Christian life. Now, everyone in this room, you could, as a Christian, if you have uh, received the baton of faith and you really know him and you are in the race, you are either running the race in your own strength or in his strength. And uh, you can think about it in terms of the difference between a candle, a wax candle, and a lamp that's powered by oil. You know, a candle, you, when you burn the candle, the candle consumes itself. You burn the wick, and the wick burns down, and the candle goes down. That's the way some of you are living your Christian life. You've begun in the spirit, but now you're trying to be perfected in the flesh. Well, that is a formula for uh, defeat and discouragement and disaster because you don't have the strength to do it. The strength is found in Christ Jesus. And that's the picture of the lamp that's powered by the olive oil. The olive oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And when, when you burn the oil and not the wick, you have a constant flow of power. And, uh, you, you know, that, that light's only going to go out if you run out of oil. Well, the Holy Spirit is the power to live the Christian life. The Holy Spirit never runs out. The Holy Spirit continues to give. Of his fullness we have all received. And grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. God never runs out. He's unlimited grace. And so if I am tapping into him, then I can live the Christian life. And I don't innately know how to do that. Now, I can learn that from the Scripture, and I do learn that from the Scripture, but it helps to have someone unpack the Scripture when you're a little baby to teach you how to do that. So be strong in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. You and I, we desperately need to have someone teach us how to do that, to have someone unpack the book for us. To have a mentor in our lives that can teach us how do you live the Christian life? How do you tap into the Lord's strength so you're not burning yourself out, so you're not saying, this is too hard, I just can't do it. It's hard if you're doing it. It's not hard if he's doing it. As somebody once said, it's so true, the Christian life isn't hard, it's impossible. No one can live it except Jesus. And if you try and live it in your own strength, it will crush you. But if you will get out of the way and say, Jesus, be Jesus in me. You live it through me. Then there's power. Then you can be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So we need a mentor who can teach us how to do it, and then we need someone to show us how to do it, to show us how to live the Christian life. So we need to know how to live it in the book, and then we need to see how to live it in 
practicality. Okay, how do I do this? How do I love my wife as Christ loved the church? How do I respect my husband even when he's not respectable? How do I forgive those who hurt me, who purposely hurt me? How do I do that? We need to learn. We have to have somebody to teach us what the book says so we can be strong in the grace. But then we have to have somebody that come alongside of us and say, and this is how you live it. This is how you live it. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. You, you, you come alongside me and you watch me and I'm gonna give you a pattern to follow. What did Jesus say when he was issuing the invitation to his disciples? Follow me, follow me. And those guys, they got a double dose because they heard Jesus preach all those wonderful sermons. They saw him do all these um, mighty, miraculous deeds. And then at the end of the day, they got to go with Jesus to the camp. They lived with him for three and a half years. They saw how he did things. And they saw how he interacted with people and how he handled people that were hostile toward him. And they, they got to experience that. You know, it's, it's one thing to read about stuff, but it's another thing to see someone handle the Christian life and live out the Christian life, a, a Jesus with skin on. We all need that. Timothy had that in Paul. He saw Paul. He hung out with Paul. He was with him on those missionary journeys with, with Paul and Silas. Timothy's mentioned 24 times by name in the Bible. He's, a, he's an important person in the Scripture. But he saw this is how you do it. Now, remember this about the grace of God because it's so important because that's how, we, that's how we run the Christian life is with the grace of God. Is The grace of God is tempered with the truth of God. And if we're going to be Christians who really grow in grace, then the evidence of growing in grace is you grow in holiness. And the Lord says in 1 Peter chapter 1, you shall be holy for I am holy. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And a person who is really walking in God's grace is walking in God's light, is walking in God's holiness. And we need somebody to teach us how to do that, to show us how to do that. Thirdly, then we need to find a student that we can mentor and help grow. We need to say, hey, I've been running this race, but I need to learn how to pass off the baton to the next generation. Now, is that your children? Of course it's your children. Is that your grandchildren? Of course it's your grandchildren. But it needs to go further than just your children and your grandchildren. And Paul told Timothy, look at verse 2, and the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul to Timothy Timothy to faithful men, faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And Christianity goes down the line into generations. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. It just keeps going. And so we need to find a student that we can mentor and teach the things that we've been learning and help them grow. Now, what do we teach them in? We teach them the word of God and the ways of God. We help unpack the book in their lives. Now, Paul told Timothy, listen, what you've been given, this baton of faith, what you've been given, you've been entrusted with the faith. He said, you find some faithful men, not flighty men, not flaky men, but faithful men, people that are really interested in growing in the Lord. You find them 
and you entrust the Word of God and the ways of God to them. Now, we need to find some people like that, and we teach them the Word. Now, notice what Paul said to Timothy in chapter 1. This is very, very important. He says in verse 13, retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Timothy, you've been given a great treasure. This faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, not your personal faith, but the faith, the word of God, the gospel, and uh, the truths of God, that's been entrusted to you. And you are to pass it on to the next generation. And you're not to water it down. You're not to change the message. You're to pass it down as God wrote it to the next generation. Because you've been entrusted with something that is so precious. It's a precious treasure. And that's why we speak the truth in love. We don't take the truth of God and massage it to where it fits the culture and where people are going to be happier with it. It's going to be more palatable. And so we tell people we speak the truth in love, but we don't water down the message. And so teach them the word and the ways of God. Paul said, be imitators of me, of my, I am of Christ. Follow me. See how I do it, and then you do that too. And then teach them how to teach others. How to teach others. The Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. We are not just to make converts. We are to make disciples. And we are to make disciple makers. And we successfully pass the baton of faith to the next generation. When you think of the three parts of the race, where are you today? Perhaps you're in the situation of, okay, I've received the baton of faith. I'm running the race, but I'm not doing very well at all. If that's you, then you need a mentor, someone who can help you grow. Maybe you are a maturing Christian who can take the next step and become a mentor. But the big question is this. Have you received the baton of faith from the previous generation? If not, then we hope that you'll go to promiseheart.org and click the Why Jesus link to help you take that first big step. The big step of faith in Christ and Christ alone for salvation. He is patiently waiting for you right now. Again, go to FromHisHeart.org to find out more. For the last 20 years, Pastor Jeff Shreve's From His Heart Ministry has been broadcasting the gospel message of truth, love, and hope found only in Christ to a lost and a dying world. We've expanded far beyond what we could have hoped in those years and continue to do just that to reach the world for Christ. And we've done it because of the support of people who listen, are then blessed, apply those truths in their lives to their own life, grow in Christ, mature in their faith, and decide that they now want to help others find the truth and hope only in Christ. It's a process that happens over and over again that undergirds, that becomes the foundation for this ministry, from which Pastor Jeff receives no income. Your gifts make it possible for us to be here and on hundreds of stations each and every day. For a gift of any amount today to From His Heart, we'd like to say thank you by sending you the seven-message series, The Next Step. It's available in multiple formats, your choice. Simply call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, 
or go online to fromhisheart.org and make that gift and ask for the series. Thank you for joining with us to change the world one step, one heart at a time. And thank you for listening to today's message from Pastor Jeff's series, The Next Step. Join us tomorrow for the lesson, The Exciting Life of the Witnessing Christian. That's Wednesday here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.